quick scriptures. Won't you listen to these? All right, the Apostle Paul said, This charge I commit to you, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So I want you to see that prophecies, I'm going to give you a few scriptures and then just go right through this, but prophecies spoken over your life, they're put on you. They've been released by somebody that's a prophet of God or flowing in the prophetic and those words have gone out and they've gone on you. Okay, they're on you. And he said to Timothy, he said, My son, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So there's a warring. And tonight I'm going to talk about warfare like the good fight of faith, but I'm not talking about going into cities and regions and taking land. That's not where I'm going tonight. I, I believe in that. We do that. It's, you know, that's awesome. And I believe in all that. I believe in the spiritual warfare, but I'm not really talking about it the way you're probably thinking. I'm talking about spiritual warfare from a perspective of the, uh, fighting the fight of faith, laying hold of what God has promised you or prophesied over you. And that's First Timothy 6.12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Also, 2 Timothy 2.3, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then 2 Timothy 2.4, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So those are the, the scripture base, okay? Let me just say that you have words on your life. There's words, there's, there's prophecies, there are blessings, there are words that are on you. And I want to emphasize tonight the, the warfare around some things. Let me give you a few things. Number one, we've got to be in a righteous position with God. We've got to make sure that we're righteous before God. See, the centurion, when he came to Jesus, he was a Gentile. And he told Jesus, he said, listen, I have, soul, I have people over me. And I have people that are under my authority. I tell them what to do, they do it. He understood authority. And in that position... He said, if you just say the word, Jesus, it'll be done. And Jesus said about the centurion, there is no such faith that I have seen in Israel. He said that this centurion has great faith. So real quick about this rebellion. You know, many people, they, they've had a rebellious past. And maybe they've conquered it up to a point. But there's, it, most people don't rebel in the big things. They rebel in the little things. I remember during the revival at Brownsville, I kind of knew some inside things because of, of my connection there of going to it and really uh, receiving and kind of studying out what God did. But during the revival, this is important that you hear me. Pastor Kilpatrick knew that, that there's a lot of different ways you can pray for people. He knew that there's other ministries that, that would pray for people, for example, putting their hand on their stomach or put their hand on their chest. Or different things. And I'm not saying that, that you can't ever do that. I'm not saying that from the pulpit right now. We'll lay down some ground rules later. But during the Brownsville revival, there were so many people there. He said this. He said, I just want people just to lay your hand on their forehead and that's it. Well, here's the thing. As time went on, that there were people 
that were ignoring the authority and as they quote felt led it was not the holy ghost because the holy spirit never leads you to rebel but they quote felt led to do it differently and they would be laying hands on somebody's stomach their chest whatever and pastor kilpatrick had to remove them see it's the little things and a lot of times that that rebellion it goes back to somebody thinking that well you know if i was in that position i wouldn't require that or i wouldn't do that and see that's rooted in pride so pride leads to rebellion and god has put on any leadership whoever it is wherever it is okay god's put on the leadership a grace and a wisdom to be able to govern and it's these little things that sometimes people try to buck but what you got to understand is the bible says rebellion is as witchcraft and so it's a serious offense whenever there's little rebellions it's serious with god and so jesus saw that the centurion understood authority and he said, sir, you have great faith. The other person, he said, great faith. You know, he said a lot of times, be it under your faith. Okay, your faith, you receive this because of your faith. He referenced that a lot. But there's only a couple times he said, whoa, wait a second. This person has great faith. The centurion was one. And the woman that was the Canaanite woman, she was a Gentile, had a demon-possessed daughter, was running after Jesus. And she was crying out after him. And she finally got his attention. And Jesus said, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and cast it to their dogs. Which was not really a nice, like a, a kind thing to be saying per se. But she did not get offended with Jesus. She said, sir, she humbled herself. She said, sir, even the dogs will eat just the crumbs that fall off the master's table. And Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. It will be done for you. And she left and her daughter was delivered. But here's the point of that. She didn't get offended with Jesus. Some people, because they don't see everything the way they want to see it, quick, easy, it sometimes it's, it takes time and it's not going the way they want it to go. And it seems like that Jesus is rejecting him. Jesus wasn't rejecting that woman. He was testing her faith for one. But not only that, he wasn't rejecting her as a person. But she could have got offended and got an attitude and left and she would have never received. But because she humbled herself down and she didn't get offended with Jesus, Jesus said, woman, you have great faith and it will be done for you. So make sure about two things as you go before God. Number one, that you're righteous before him, that you're under authority and that you're righteous. There's not compromise in your life. Secondly, make sure that you're not getting offended with God because things in your life are not exactly how you want them, when you want them, and how you want them. And, and, and sometimes I think that in America, everybody gets this mentality of it's just this microwave Christianity. It's just quick and easy, Burger King, it's your way in five minutes. And it doesn't work that way in the kingdom. And sometimes people get offended with Jesus because it takes longer and it's harder than what they want it to be sometimes in life. But if you'll be like that Canaanite woman and you won't get offended, you'll humble yourself and keep pressing in. You'll, be, you'll see Jesus will look at you and say, you have great faith. Amen. This is good preaching. All right, so there's certain things that are on you, but I wanted you to come from a position of being righteous you're under authority, you're right with God, and you're not offended with God. Now, from that position, let's get into this. There are things that are on you, 
there's blessings like this last Saturday. There are sometimes that something is just pivotal. And I'm going to tell you, it was pivotal. It's something like tonight, I remember as we got into the worship, I knew, if you remember last Saturday, I referenced, I said, you know, I feel like this needs to go to another level, but the anointing, the increase of anointing, and I told you about the man with his leg raised, needing the strength to pull himself up to the next level, and that anointing brought a grace to go up, and and last Saturday, there was a really significant increase of anointing and a mantling on many of you. And there was that generational blessing that we talked about, but it was a pivotal thing. And that blessing that was imparted is something that is on you for the rest of your life. It marked you. It was pivotal. And see, Jacob, even though he deceived his father to get the blessing... Esau deserved it by by the firstborn right. But Jacob ended up with it through deception. Even though that's the case, he was marked. When his father blessed him, it marked him. Those words were stamped on him. And they followed him the rest of his life. And I'm going to tell you, through Jacob's life, Jacob went through some very difficult times. He went through difficult times under his uncle Laban. He went through difficult times facing Esau and revenge. But you know what? That blessing that was on him, it was stamped on him. It literally pulled him through those difficult times. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? It's like this. If the blessing hadn't have been there, he might have suffered a lot more than what he did. But because the blessing was there, it literally Teflon coated him and it, it pulled him through. It pressed him through to where he could get on the other side and not only get on the other side in, in the respect of surviving it, but he came through blessed. On the other side, he was blessed. So those things that are on you, those prophecies that are spoken over you, that are the Lord, and I'm not talking about just any prophecy, okay? I'm talking about ones that are legitimate. But the true prophecies that are on you, they are there and they are Teflon coating you. They're protecting you from the attacks of the devil. And just what Paul told Timothy, the prophecies concerning you to wage war. And the way you wage war is, is that you begin the fight, the fight of faith, that you are speaking out of your mouth that those prophecies are at work and coming to pass. And that you take those things before God. There's something so powerful about taking God's written word or the prophetic word of the Lord. It's the will of God and taking that scripture or that prophecy, taking it before God and saying, Lord, you said... There's something so powerful about that type of praying that you go before God and say, now, Lord, the prophetic word, the Lord, or the the scriptures, the Bible, your word, you said this, and I'm bringing it to your attention. But Jacob, no matter what hit him in life, he always ended up in victory and he was successful on the other side. Warring about dedication. Let me tell you about dedication. You know, other, other religions will dedicate their babies and everything. They'll, they'll go through rituals. It's horrible. And if you have that in your family, you need to renounce it and break it. And I'm not going to get into that. But we can mark and dedicate people and places and things. You can mark, just like, for example, you get up, you buy a house. And you mark it as this belongs to 
to the kingdom of God. It is under the blood of Jesus. And you, you may pour out something like communion juice on the land. You may anoint the whole house. and However you want to do it, however you feel led to do it. But ultimately, you are speaking out of your mouth a blessing. You may prophesy over it, but you are dedicating it and setting it apart to God's kingdom. And you're marking it. And those words, if God uses you to prophesy, those words will go out and it'll land on that house and it'll stick to it. Even when you leave, it's still there. Those blessings that you speak out will go out into the atmosphere, but they'll stick on that property that you're, you're blessing that property. Even when you leave, the next people will reap the blessing. I remember when I went to the Brownsville Revival with Sandy in 2005, uh, Pastor Feltshaw was there, but this is what he prayed when we went up. Um, he asked, he was talking to us, he laid hands on us, and this is what he said. He said, Lord, I pray everything that is soaked into the walls of this church over the last several years through the revival would be imparted to them now. And my goodness, I got slammed. But think about what he said, what's been soaking into that environment, what's been soaking into those walls. It doesn't matter who gets that church next. I don't care. Whoever is in that place, they're going to be blessed and they're going to reap something because they're in that facility. Because God has stamped that thing. It's been dedicated. It was a holy visitation there. So once you've marked, let me tell you something. Mark your kids. Mark your property. Mark your vehicles. Mark your life. Mark your money. Put a dedication on it and speak over it what you want to see and dedicate it unto God. And once you mark it, then Satan's kingdom cannot have it. Amen? And let me tell you, it's just like your children or grandchildren, whatever, anoint them with oil. You may take communion with them, but anoint them with oil, put your hands on them, and dedicate them unto God and mark them. Speak a blessing over them, prophesy over them if God uses you to do so, but mark them because those words will go out of your mouth and it'll go in them. It'll rest on their life and it will follow them just like the coat of many colors on Joseph. It will go over them and it'll be with them the rest of their life. It'll stick on them. And when times get tough and what would have normally took a kid down, they, there will be a special grace on them that will Teflon code them and pull them through. There's a southern expression about getting snatched through the knot hole. Okay, sometimes sometimes God will snatch somebody through the knot hole, okay? Because they shouldn't be able to get to that other side. It's supernatural. They don't fit. It shouldn't work, but God will snatch them right through the knot hole. And he'll get them through it and pull them through the other side because they are blessed and they are marked. And let me tell you about whenever you mark somebody or a place, it is not normal anymore. This The house that I own is not a normal house. It's marked. My family is not just a normal family. People that I have anointed and prayed over and blessed and dedicated, they're no longer just the normal everyday person that you see driving down I-30 that what just come what may is going to happen in their life. No, they're blessed and therefore their life is going to go according to the blessings, according to the prophecies. And when difficult times come, they're going to be an overcomer. They're going to get over it and through the other side. But wage the warfare of your faith. You guys have had blessings spoken over your life and you need to lay hold of that now. You know, I'm starting to take the Lord's Supper every day and speaking out of my mouth. Lord, every blessing that's been spoken over my life is coming to pass today. Favors on my life. And let me tell you something. You need to wage war about the prophecies that have been spoken over you. That is God's revealed will for you. And it's on you. 
And what you need to do is start declaring those things out loud. Maybe when you take the Lord's Supper, Lord, you have spoken this through the prophets and it is coming to pass. I believe I'm waging war by my faith. I'm speaking it out of my mouth that it's coming to pass. And another thing is you need to wage war over your inheritance. The Bible has promised you many things. It's promised you to, to have prosperity instead of lack. It's promised you health instead of, instead of sickness and disease. It's promised you freedom instead of bondage. And I could go on. There's a lot of promises in the scriptures. You need to lay hold of them by faith. Lay hold of them and be stubborn in your faith. That's your inheritance. That's what Jesus paid for you to have. Jesus wanted you to have it so bad that look what he went through for you to have it. But there's an awesome power, let me repeat this, in taking the, the word of the Lord, and I'm talking about the Logos word, which is the word of God, the written word, but also taking the rhema, which is the prophetic, what, what has been spoken over you. There's an awesome power in taking the word of the Lord before God and saying, Lord, your word says this. And this is what I'm going to close with. In, in prophecy... God will never reveal to you the huge, big picture. The Bible says we prophesy in part and see in part. What Jesus will do is this. Jesus will speak to you a prophetic word. And it's like the disciples when Jesus said to them, Hey, we're going to the other side. Get in the boat. We're going to the other side. They get halfway through and a massive storm hits and the disciples start freaking out. But Jesus is asleep on the boat. You know why Jesus is asleep? Because he already spoke out of his mouth, we're going to the other side. But that's the way the Lord is a lot of times. He'll tell you the prophecy. He'll tell you you're going to the other side. But he fails to mention all of the betrayals. He fails to mention the storms, the difficulties and the trials. He wants you to quit you know, getting into a panic and a frenzy when they come and go and waken him up and realize he said, you're going to the other side. Because once that prophecy is over you, you're going to get through it and go to the other side. Amen? But the Lord will tell you things in part. And you've got to, to be faithful to believe what he spoke and keep going after him for it. Because it's, gonna, it's going to see you through to the other side. That prophecy on you, that word that was spoke over you, is going to drive you through to the other side. It's on you. And so I want to declare over people here that every blessing that's been spoken over your life is coming to pass. It is, it is, it is materializing. It is manifesting into the natural realm. It is creating finances where there used to not be. It's creating health where there used to not be. It's creating um, the miraculous. And, and I speak forth that the things you've been praying about and believing for, according to your faith, it's coming. And also all the prophecies that have been spoken over you are unfolding they are happening. They are in the works. And I declare that over you. This is fighting the fight of faith. That you lay hold of it, you believe. See, I believe that we've been blessed. We've had blessings spoken over us. So therefore, I believe I am blessed now. I'm not waiting for some good thing to happen one day and then go, hey, maybe I'm blessed today. No, I believe I'm blessed now. It's by faith. The prophecies, prophecies that have been spoken over me, I believe that they're at work now. It's not like one day 
God's going to wake up and go, oh, hey, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Hey, let's start it now. No, they're at work now. You may not see it, but it's in the works. And the things that you've prayed and believed for, they're in the works. They're happening. You may not see it. You know, we don't live by sight. We live by faith. We may not see it with our eyes and we may not feel it with our bodies, but it is still happening. Faith is. We believe first, then we see later. So, Lord, I thank you for getting this in us. I thank you that this is something that is is honest tonight. The word of the Lord, the prophecies, the blessings, what we've been marked. We are marked. It's on our lives. It's on what we own. We're under the favor of God. We're under the blessing of the Lord. And I thank you, Lord. Let this stir up faith in people. And I bless every person within the sound of my voice and those that are watching online. Just You need to receive this by faith. Just take it. That exaltation and promotion is yours. You're God's child. The blessings given Abraham are on you. You have health and long life and reproductiveness. You have prosperity and abundance. You have more than enough. You have favor with God and man. And you have victory over every enemy. And your steps are ordered of the Lord. And God's favor is on your life. In Jesus' name I declare it. Amen.